The DNH Loose Change Podcast is looking for five partners in this new endeavor here at Dyke New Hartford. DNH Loose Change will be a weekly podcast focusing exclusively on DNH everything. The podcast will primarily be comprised of interviews from administrators, teachers, support staff, coaches, and our own DNH students. By becoming a partner, your business will be given a 45 to 60 second pre roll, mid roll, or post roll read in every episode to a captive audience. Your donation will go directly to help out the DNH Booster Club as well as help offset the cost of producing the podcast. For more information, contact Travis Kiewit at 319-983-2206 or by email at travis.kiewit at dnhcsd.org. Thank you in advance for your support of our DNH students and roll blue. What is up, Wolverine Nation? Tad Brace here alongside my co-host, Travis Kiewit, with another episode of DNH Loose Chain. What's going on, Tad? You know what? It has been a good week of school. Uh, I'm glad to be back in the studio. we got to get a name for this thing. I know. We, I, I think we're working on something. I'm not going to jinx anything or say anything, but there's a... Uh, yes, the studio may have a name here in another week or two. And, guys, this studio... Uh, I don't want to toot our own horn here, but Travis, this studio looks amazing right now. Uh, myself and uh, Kurt Johnson. Got to give a big shout out to uh, Kurt Johnson. And it, it's one of those, it's almost like a recycling uh, studio where I recycled old uh, stage curtains from the old stage. I went up there and cut them down and uh, put, hung them up on the walls and it makes it sound so much better in here, and it, it looks pretty professional. It looks legitimate. Might have to get a picture and put it on, on our Twitter, Loose Change uh, Twitter account. Yeah, if you're not following along, make sure you do. It's DNH Loose Change. You can just search that on Twitter and uh, follow along. It's a good follow. Yeah, it's um, there'll be some, I think, eventually down the road, we'll have some polls on there that people can participate in. And, again, the Loose Change Twitter account will... Let you know when when an episode drops. You know if you don't have notifications set. So, yeah, definitely. Again, give it a follow. Uh, we have some fantastic interviews uh, tonight. But I, before we get to that, I know Travis has a couple things he wants to run through really quickly. Yeah, it's been a, a nice week here at DNH, or a nice couple weeks. And just again, want to recognize uh, the Loose Change Podcast is uh, all everything, everything DNH. And so we'd like to just give a few shout outs here. I'd uh, like to give a shout-out to the DNH Esports. They competed, I think, um, sometime this week, maybe even today, uh, in the round, uh, first round of Overwatch. I've never played it, but played I, I'm it. sure Sounds it's a strategy cool. game. But uh, they got defeated by Davenport Central. But I uh, want to give a congratulations to team captain Tyler Lobby and DNH Esports uh, for their season. Uh, it's also National School Counseling Week. Yeah, I did see that. I'd like mm. to give a shout-out to uh, Lisa Timmerman and, and Trish Ames, our counselors here at DNH. They do a great job and uh, appreciate what they do. You will never know how hard they work. Right. Again, they're kind of behind the scenes, um, but uh, very appreciative of those guys. Also, a T55 FFA, they had their first annual uh, degree ceremony where 12 members received 
their chapter degree. I was never in FFA. Um, I'm not, was never really on a farm, and in fact, just a couple years ago, I got my first combine ride from uh, Jerry Shippers. So there you go. Uh, but I, uh, when I was at Hudson, FFA was a pretty big deal. So um, it's kind of cool that it, it's still going. Um, also, like to give a shout out to the junior high Lego team. Uh, both uh, both teams. There's two of them called uh, Money Monkeys, and the other one called the <laughs> Puffy Penguins. They both received the Robot Design Award for the for their division. Um, so congratulations to them. I think they just ended their season as well. Yeah, and they have fun doing it too. So and then like uh, finally, like to give a shout out to Sam Hertz, freshman. Uh, he received the Iowa State Bar Association. He's a competition finalist. Uh, there was around 500 students that uh, applied for it. Again, I'm not 100% sure how it all happened, but uh, he was one of the 60 finalists, and there'll be a virtual awards program on February 15th for um, all those uh, finalists. Yeah, so. we should try to get him on. That'd be kind of cool to learn about down the road here. Yep, and then uh, not a celebration uh, at all, but I uh, would like to send a, a shout-out to the Jason Wardell family. Um, they lost their house in a fire uh, Tuesday Tuesday night, and I know the students have kind of gotten together, and there's a GoFundMe page uh, for the family, and I know the schools, uh, both campuses, are taking donations uh, for the family. So we are thinking about uh, the Wardell family and and uh, thoughts and prayers with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a, t- a tough thing to go through, um, but just know that the community is there to support them, and uh, hopefully everyone can do their part to help them out. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, we've got some great interviews coming up shortly. Hang with us, and we'll get to them right away on DNH Loose Change. People's Savings Bank. More than just a bank to Dyke New Hartford Schools. Not only do they have great services such as bill pay, online banking, insurance services, and mobile connect, but they are also a big supporter of Dyke New Hartford Schools. One way the community and bank work together is with the Wolverine Pride debit card from People's Savings Bank. The bank donates six cents for every swipe over ten dollars. It's that easy. Go shopping, swipe your PSB School Pride debit card, and support Dyke New Hartford Schools. Contact People's Savings Bank in Dyke for more information. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of DNH Loose Change. Uh, we're here with our first interview of the night. Krista Lotz, president of the DNH uh, Board of Education. Krista, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming in. It's a chilly, chilly night. Yeah, I think I saw one degree with the uh, frost advisory or a wind chill advisory. I gotta so love it. Gotta it love it. Kind of sounds like a two-hour delay to me. <laughs> Yeah, do you know anyone that can pull some strings? Well, we might be able to think of somebody. Okay, just just wondering. Anyways, um, Krista, like I said, is the president of the 
DNA School Board, and we thought it would be great for her to get on and give us a little bit of information about about herself, um, talk about the community a little bit. So we're going to go ahead with our first question uh, for Krista, and we just kind of want to know a little bit of background information. You know, where, how did you get here? Wow. Those types of things. Okay. Um, well, I've gone to school here forever. <laughs> um, I went kindergarten through um, senior year here. Um, graduated in 96. Um, you know, my family taught here. My grandparents taught here. So um, D&H is my family, and it's just always been like a second home to me. So it just felt natural to um, serve the school in this way and and um, just give back what it's given to me. So, so you were part of the, you were kind of part of the changeover because I believe my sister uh-huh. graduated in 93 and that was the first year. So you were a couple years. Yeah. How was that? Yep. The my, whole transition there, was it, you it, know, some people say oh, I was bitter. Some people say it was easy. What yeah. was your For experience? This, actually, I was a freshman the f- okay. um, first year that we joined. So um, you know, for the students, it was no big deal. You know, I think the parents and and sure. um, had a harder time with it at that time. But um, we really enjoyed it. We made new friends. Um, and, you know, after a while, it's who's from New Hartford, who's from Dyke. Nobody knew, really. You know, it's just we're just one. So. That's really cool, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm an implant into the, the <laughs> DNH community. I wasn't born around here. And when I come in here now, there's no telling really it's just everybody kind of gets along with everybody and it's it's pretty cool to see yeah right. right. and i was i was i graduated in 90 so i was mm-hmm. kind of uh right towards the end of that and and kind of the same thing we we played uh i graduated from dyke and we played mm-hmm. new hartford in a few things but not a lot of things um mm-hmm. so we crossed paths and and honestly we didn't have obviously social media like we did uh now but i only knew a handful of people even from New Hartford so right. you know it's but it was good to see that uh the the transition was was really well for the students it did and it was kind of fun i remember when we had to vote for what our mascot would be and we had a list of all the different um choices and and i was part of that voting so Do that was Do you remember fun. what the uh, what the finalists were? Um I think Wildcats was one. Um I can't remember the other ones. I'm sure we could find out. <laughs> right, <laughs> but, um, right. um the Fab 5 at Michigan was oh, big at yes. that time. So I think that's where Wolverines <laughs> came from. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. So uh, you said your grandparents taught here as well. Again, as somebody new, uh Yeah. Um, all, my grandma was the first grade teacher here, Mrs. Peterson, um, for over 40 years. Oh, wow. So I, I spent did not a, know that. I, yeah. I didn't either. I had Mrs. Capriva. So, so did I. Oh. <laughs> they wouldn't let me have my grandma for first grade. So. <laughs> I had neither um, of them. So. Yeah. So um, spent lots of time in her classroom, which is um, Mrs. Eckhoff's room now. Yep. Um, and then my dad got a job at New Hartford when I was three or four years old, somewhere in there. Um, and so he coached in New Hartford and taught there. And then in 90, I was in junior high, um, he came over to Dyke and then coached here for a little bit and then um, was the athletic director. So um, I think he was here 20 some years. Not wow. For sure you de- your numbers, family definitely is. Yeah. yeah. yeah, you're, yeah so. you're pretty well entrenched. <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, well, that leads us kind of to our next question. Then you've seen a lot of this and your family's been around. So can you give us what the best part of the DNH community is and from your point of view? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm thankful you gave me these questions ahead of time. So I had some time <laughs> to think about this, but 
but you're not um, supposed to tell people. That. I know, I know. Um, I think the best part about being at DNH is that everybody looks out for each other. And, you know, I have a big family. I didn't get into that with my background info, but um, Jeremy and I started dating in high school. We have six kids. Um, my oldest is a junior. I have an eighth grader, sixth grader, fourth, first, <laughs> and preschool. So we cover all the buildings. Right. <laughs> We've got um, someone everywhere. But, um, you know, with six kids, I need other eyes out there watching out for them and making sure they're staying on track. And so I think that has been um, one of my favorite things about DNH. Um, and I think too, like after having graduated and um, just knowing that you have that support network, um, even 20 years down the road after I've been working and I know I can come back here and I have resources, I have a network of people that support me and always will. So um, that's what I really appreciate about our school. That, and that's a fantastic answer, I think. Yep, yep. And I can attribute being in the district now uh, for two years or a year and a half or so, uh, everybody and anybody will step up at a moment's notice and help somebody else out. They're not, <laughs> nobody's above anybody else. Nobody Absolutely. passes the buck. It's, it's very nice. It's, it's kind of a cool experience to have here. Yeah. All right. Um, going along with the uh, community and stuff, you're, uh, how long have you been on the school board? Um, I started in 2013, I believe. I had to think back. <laughs> I oh, think wow. this is my seventh year. Um, I was originally on it with uh, Minard Coop and Tom Leiser, um, Jerry Nielsen, and Missy Hine. So that's when I started. I was the youngest of the group at that time. And then over the last seven years, now all of a sudden I'm one of the oldest. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so things change, but that's that's been good, and it's been a good learning experience. I took a lot of um, knowledge from those guys that were on the board before me, guys and gals. <laughs> and um, so, again, I'm still learning. There's still a lot to learn, but um, I really appreciate all the things that they gave to our community by serving. So, And what motivated you to, to even get started with the school board and, you know, that, that process? Mm -hmm. um, good question. I had to think back on this, too. <laughs> um, so just so you have a little bit more background about me, I'm a um, physical therapist, and I, I went to Wartburg and St. Ambrose and graduated from there with my doctorate, and then I worked at Covenant um, for 17 years as, um, at the Sports Injury Center and then at EDI, which um, serves kids with special needs. And so there I had to advocate for kids so that they could get the equipment they need, the services they need, um, um, you know, network with people. So sure. um, I think that is where it came from, is that advocacy piece of it. Um, so <laughs> funny story, we were coming home from my sister's in Ohio. She lives in Cleveland and we we're just driving home. It's a 10 hour drive. And I turned to Jeremy and I said, you know, I think I want to run for the school board. <laughs> and he looked at me like, what? <laughs> and I said, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do. Um, I don't even know what it takes to run or what I need to do, but I'm going to find out when we get back, I'm going to stop at school and talk to Julie and and see what I need to do. So I stopped in and she goes, well, actually, Randy Deacon is retiring or stepping down and um, there's an election in a couple months. Do you want to run? <laughs> so I said, OK. She gave me the paperwork. I went through, got the signatures and and um, won that election. So uh, there I was. <laughs> Lots to learn. And and it's been really fun. And I'm so glad that 
um, I've been able to be a part of it since then. So no, that's awesome. Well, as, as a teacher in the district, I definitely feel like you advocate for us very well. Um, you know, with the, the, just for example, the COVID procedures and things like that, there were a lot of different routes that could have been taken. Uh, but the school board definitely stepped up and uh, as a teacher in the, in the buildings, right. I feel like you guys have really helped us out and helped us feel safer and, and that stuff. Yep. So. And I'll even uh, go a step further with or add on to that is, you know, I drive bus here as well. And, you know, the pay wasn't always exactly the best. And, and last uh, school year, you know, uh, the board was presented with a, you know, a chance to help out the bus drivers. And it, it passed and it was awesome. And, you know, it just it kind of, again, it, it, I think the board validates the positions that are here and they they want to do what's right yep. and um it definitely shows across the entire board not just you know for the teachers or you know associates or whoever it's it's across the board yeah so. and sometimes i i just don't think there's enough thanks you know right from from us we we do appreciate everything that that you guys do and and bring to the community as well um, you guys definitely advocate for us very well, so right. we and, appreciate that. And that you. paycheck is probably really great that you get. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> again, one of those. I need again, to talk to somebody about right. that. <laughs> one of those unsung heroes behind yeah. the scenes. You know, just again, your time is valuable, and again, it's appreciated, especially with six kids. I mean, yeah. you're dedicating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every minute counts. I'm sure it does. But it's my time away too. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. A little adult time. That's right. I've got two, and sometimes that's nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's time for the DNH random question of the day. So, Krista, oh. if you spoke in an accent, mm -hmm. what accent would it be? Well, <laughs> I was—I've been dreading this random question of the day, but <laughs> I think I can handle this one. And Senora de Par would have me say Spanish. <laughs> so, oh. um, I did four years of Spanish with her, and um, I got to go on that very first um, Mexico trip. Oh, wow. And that was a lot of fun and, and a memorable experience. I'm trying to talk her into letting us go back on an alumni yeah. <laughs> trip, but I don't know where that stands. But um, definitely Spanish. That'd be oh, good. How about you, Tad? I feel yeah. like that's a bit of a cop out there trying to you know, suck up a little bit. Yeah. But no, I, gosh, Irish is fun. You know, you got to have yeah. a little Irish accent. Australia, you know, you gotta let's put another shrimp on. The, you know, I, if you watch the old Dumb and Dumber stuff, that was my. If I had to, if I I thought about this question, I wrote it down. I wrote Australian, and um, I remember when I was a senior here, we had a foreign exchange student from Australia, and the very first thing we were in Mr. Van Howen's social studies class, mm -hmm. and we were all in there, and, and nobody had heard her uh, speak yet. Carrie Hampson was her name. I don't know why I still remember it, but I do, and. Uh, so Mr. Van Allen asked her if she knew who the president of the United States was. And she says, of course, George Bush. Not, that's not Australian, but but and so that's always stuck with me. <laughs> that's a, that was really good, Travis. <laughs> all right. So it's, all, it's a dream, I guess. Oh, yeah. It, just, it makes me laugh when I think about this. So, yeah. And we'll stop right there. Uh, yeah, that's a good place. I'll, good idea. I'll go ahead and cool down. Um, all right. Well, Krista, we appreciate you stopping in tonight, and uh, this has been a lot of fun. It's been nice to get to know you. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so much for having me. I really love your podcast, and I love how many people it reaches, and and want to give a shout-out to the junior high kids. I'll get in trouble if I don't do that. Ah, so. yes. <laughs> Got to cover yes. the junior high yes, kids. that's right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
Dyke New Hartford Booster Club is established as a support group to encourage parent and community participation and to raise funds to enhance and expand the academic, social, and athletic programs that are available to each individual student at Dyke New Hartford Schools. The Booster Club feels strongly that parent and community involvement during the school year can be a key to the success of our students here at DNH. Please consider helping our students by becoming a member. Our Booster Club website can be found under the Parent and Community tab on the DNH homepage. Thank you for your support and roll blue. All right, we are here with our second interview of the night. We have Shay Bertram, and she is the speech coach here at Dyke New Hartford. Uh, kind of fun thing here about Shay, she is the second class that I ever taught at Dyke New Hartford. She, The second year I came in, she was my, my first student. Uh, I'm having this interview, and it feels kind of weird. Well, and so we've got to ask, good student, bad student? She was a great student, absolutely great student. I loved having her. I mean, I'm just sucking up right now. Set set the bar pretty high. (laughs) Nice job, Shay. All right. So, Shay, um, can you give us a little bit of background information about yourself? I know, obviously, you graduated from Dyke New Hartford. Um, How did you end up in the speech program, and uh, what motivated you to get there? Um, So my freshman year, I was in my language arts class, and I did a speech in front of the class, and my teacher came up to me after the class was over, and she said, you would do really great at speech. And I was like, there's absolutely no way. I I mean, you remember (laughs) me from junior high. I wasn't super outgoing. (laughs) You were fine. (laughs) Um, But she told me that I did really good at speech and that I should look into this after-school program speech, obviously. And I kind of thought about it and I was like no I don't think my parents would really even want me to do that I mean I should be doing sports or something like that and as I thought about it more I was like you know I I think that would be good for me to get out of my bubble a little bit and so I went and I talked to Mrs. Seitz who was a speech coach at my freshman year and she convinced me to try it and I ended up really loving it and doing group and individual made it to Allstate a few times and I don't know. I've just loved it ever since I first went to that very first contest. That that is really cool. Uh, you know, w- speech wasn't really big when I was in high school at East Buchanan or anything like that. And I've kind of always wondered what the program is like. So when I hear these things from the students and from the coaches, I, that that's cool. I, I like that a lot. Right. And you recently graduated. Yeah, in 2019 from DNH. So yep. how was that transition from being, you know? doing the contests and being a participant to now, you know, was I think it was the next year, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I coached so, my next year after. So how was that transition from, from one side to the other? Practices were much stress. They were more stressful than when I was a student. <laughs> um, <laughs> contests, though, were really easy. I just got to sit back and watch the whole day. Right. Um, so that was nice. It was weird kind of coaching like people that I performed with the year before, but it was also nice because I felt like I I felt like I understood them a little bit more than like the freshmen that we have now that I mean, my little sister's a freshman. Um, and so I kind of know people from her grade because of her. Right. But there's some people that I don't know very well. And so that's a little bit more difficult. But then I, I feel like I knew everybody. Um, 
And then my first year, I also had to plan NICL Festival, which was... Um, well, welcome to me to being the head dog. Yeah. That so we get into fire here. <laughs> oh, by the way, you're going to do this too, Shay. Yep. That's exactly how it went. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, that, that's got to be stressful. And I always recommend to people when they're going to go into the, uh, whether it's coaching, you know, any type of extracurricular or an athletic program or whatever, I always tell them to start at the junior high level just to get your feet wet. But in your position, you don't have that opportunity. I think Mr. Keywood over here is going to ask you a little bit about that as well. Right. Um, you know, we, and we talked here off, off mic about how students here at DNH, you know, their first opportunity is as a freshman. You know, how do you, I guess, how do you recruit them? Or is there something in the junior high that, I mean, does somebody know, not know? Because you talked about in junior high, you weren't even sure. And as a freshman, you still weren't sure. You know, where, where does that, uh, that student that might be, you know, not sure what they want to do or, you know, like a junior high student now, you know, how do you, you know, get them interested in speech or, or what can they do? So one thing that happened when I was in junior high is we would have the speech team come down and perform a couple things. Um, maybe some people that went on to state would perform what they moved on in. And that was a good way to get, yeah. I think we had like sixth grade through eighth grade come to the gym, listen. And I think that was a good way to kind of spark interest. That was like the first time that I heard like a poem read out loud. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. I like sure, that. Sure. Um, and so that was another kind of thing that sparked my interest in it. So I hope that we do get to start doing that again, just coming down to the junior high and performing for them. It would be nice if we could start some kind of program. I think you guys have like a Wolverine time, like in between yep, classes. Yep, yep. It would be cool if we had a smaller program like that for maybe a couple days with the kids, just get them into learning, I guess, more. I mean, you're, you're a literature teacher. but hey, um, No, it's. There's a lot of kids that don't like that stuff. Oh, so, what? What? <laughs> what? This is shocking. Tad, I'm <laughs> sorry, Ted, that, that you're hearing Boy, this for the dagger. That heart. you're hearing this for the first time. But maybe just like showing them like spoken out loud poetry that isn't like Edgar Allan Poe, like I remember learning in your class, like something that the kids could relate to a little bit more than they can from like old poetry that they're used to listening about in class. And, and that is fantastic, right? And and I think also out there, you know, when I hear speech the word speech, I think of performing in front of people live and, you know, being totally nervous. That's not necessarily the case. I, I have a daughter that's that's in speech, absolutely loves it. And, you know, they did um, like a, a TV news. So everything is is videotaped. And so when it comes to the competition, they just show the video. So, you know, it, it's not all just, you know, in front of judges. And, you know, I, I think... Some people, including myself, thought it was all live. Here it is, but it, that that's not necessarily the case. In uh, just to add on to that, yeah, uh, my kids in junior high just got done giving speeches, and if you can believe it or not, we had some nervous students. And I always <laughs> tell them, you know, th those speeches are to prepare you for other things in life, and. When you get to do, do these types of opportunities, I remember when you came in and actually performed for the junior high, you recited a, a book. I can't remember the name of the book. It was like a short story. And uh, I was shocked at you had it memorized, you had it down to the T, and you used expression and you used projection. And those are the types of things that I want my students to learn and to practice. So speech is a wonderful tool, um, and I think that would be something that, if you could use that in the junior high or get your way in there, I would support you on that. 
<laughs> I mean, I'd love to. I don't think it's ever too early to start with communication skills. So absolutely, <laughs> right, right. Everybody's, you know, now to the iPads, and you know, the, the, the communication. I think is starting to get smaller and smaller. And so when people have to communicate, it's like, uh, not sure what to do. So, um, Shay, you guys just had uh, districts and state here. Can you give us an update on the uh, past couple weekends? So we started on January 27th, I think, was the first date of our district contest for group. And we had nine groups perform on that day. Seven out of those nine groups made it to state. Wow. And then I believe it was four or five out of those seven groups that moved on to state that got ones, like an overall one rating. We had one student in particular, Lily Bennett, with her solo mime, got straight ones, which means she is... Hopefully going to qualify for Allstate, but we won't know until February 17th, until after all the contests in Iowa are done. Okay. And is, is speech all classes, or is it broken up into small school, big school? Do you know that? I, I, I can't remember. So we have different, like the, the state of Iowa is split up between Northeast, Northwest, Southeast, Southwest. And so right now we're just competing with our Northeast district, and then Allstate is between all of them. Okay. Yeah, I had no idea how that worked either. I, I, I didn't either. I just, I just, uh, honestly, I just show up wherever Taylor is doing her speech, and and I go. And so the past couple Saturday, well, not past couple Saturdays, but two two Saturdays, we've been to uh, Hampton Dumont to the middle school, and and um, I've been told, and we went last year as f- when Taylor was a freshman, and it was absolute chaos. Like at Dubuque Senior was there was just people gobs and gobs of people and this year with covid it is i feel i kind of feel bad for the kids because they don't get to perform it in front of everybody um but it's it's definitely different but again i'm just glad that they're able to do it yeah i mean because last year i think was it the individual that got that Uh, got uh Kaboshed by COVID. Yep, individual state was canceled, and then that canceled all state as well. Yeah, so that's too bad. Yeah, it kind of stinks, but it, again, it's good that that the uh, kids are able to do it this year. So, okay, well, Shay, we're going to wrap this up here with our random question of the day. Obviously, all of our interviews end with one of these, and uh, well, this is a good one. <laughs> it is. It is a good one. If <laughs> animals could talk, which animal would be the rudest? That is. I, it took me a second to think about it, but easily a chihuahua. Ooh. All right. All right. Ankle biter. I yeah, get it. Yeah, exactly. Be the rudest and like how, like just. Um, I, mean, I, I feel like they have a pretty high-pitched voice. voice. Yeah. Pound for I, pound. They, yep. Um, and I think they would never stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's kind of like a little kid. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> are, are, are you referring to maybe a, a little sister maybe at one time? At no, I love her. Are you oh, kidding me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Travis? Well, I, I thought of this uh, as well. I put some thought into it and, and kind of went around, you know, looking for big animals, you know, because they're, you know, they can throw their weight around so they could just be rude if they wanted to. I ended up settling on a laughing hyena. You really put a lot of thought into it. Because I figured the laughing hyena would, I think, I would think that they would have a relatively high-pitched voice, but then they would turn around and laugh right at you. So they would roast you and then laugh at you and then just keep doing it. And then eat you. (laughs) And then either eat you or I'm guessing they're pretty fast. They just run away if you tried to catch them. Who knows? 
Uh, yeah, I was looking at this as well, and I, mine would be an ostrich. If you've ever seen like <laughs> these YouTube videos of these people running away and these ostriches just attacking <laughs> them, I I think it'd be uh, probably one of the rudest or definitely cockiest. Would they high pitch, low pitch? What kind of voice? I don't know because I would be screaming so loud that I wouldn't be yeah. able to hear hear it. Even a sick ostrich would probably do, you do want, a number. Do you want to try to imitate it or? No, I'm good. Like, like what exactly it would say? I, I feel like it'd be a cross between like a Tyrannosaurus Rex and a hummingbird. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm just throwing uh, yeah, animals yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe even a snake. All right. That's good answers. I, I like all those. those are, <laughs> I like the Chihuahua. That's a good one. All right, Shay. Just want to say thank you for stopping in tonight, uh, giving us some information about uh, speech here at Dyke New Hartford. And we'll be sure to make sure we push some of those junior high kids your way. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yep. No thanks problem. a lot, Shay. In the market for a vehicle? At Rolling Ford in Shell Rock, their priority is providing the best experience possible. Unsurpassed customer satisfaction starts with one of the largest vehicle selections in Northeast Iowa. Their focus on excellence never stops. A multiple recipient of the Ford President's Award, they strive to always do better. The best service, the best selection, and 100% complete satisfaction, that's what you can expect every single time. Rolling Ford, right off Highway 3 in Shell Rock. The destination Ford store, where you'll really like how you're treated. Find them online at rollingford.com or call them at 319-885-4540. All right, everybody. Welcome to our third interview of the night. We have Matt Dove here joining us, and Matt is the girls' basketball assistant coach here at the high school. Matt, how you doing? Good. How's it going, fellas? I'm doing awesome, man. Here doing a podcast, and I'm just glad you made your way here. And, and amongst all the freezing uh, weather out there, yeah, you guys have a busy there. schedule right now as well. <laughs> so we do appreciate you fitting us in. Um, let's go ahead here, Matt. Uh, I, I'm totally new. I don't really know you that well, but uh, this is going to be good for everybody. So, how did you get here at DNH? How did you uh, end up with this position? Yeah, so um, born and raised here in Dyke, New Hartford, lived between Dyke, New Hartford uh, my whole life, really. Um, went to elementary New Hartford, junior high in New Hartford, then high school here in Dyke, uh, graduated 2010. Uh, from there, went to Nyack for two years, played basketball for a couple years, and then uh, finished up at Iowa State after that. Um, moved back to the area right after I uh, got done with school. Um, and then in terms of, I guess, uh, starting the job here, um, Last fall, uh, Coach Dahl called me, just said, hey, we have uh, an opening here at DNH. Um, was just wondering if we could talk about the possibility of making that happen. Um, we sat down, uh, him, Cody Eichmeyer, myself, and just kind of talked about what that looked like. And uh, it all worked out and uh, having a lot of fun, really enjoying it. Uh, <clears throat> going back to the NIAC days, I'm a NIAC alum as well. Who was the head coach there? Uh, Mark Mole, and he still currently is, I believe. Um, he was an Osage guy was for Osage. a few years. Yep. Um, coaches baseball in the area. He was at Osage for a while. Yep. I'm, I know he's still up in the North Iowa area, but I'm not exactly sure where. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, he's still currently there, and they've had some pretty good teams here the last few years. Yeah, they've been, and they had good teams when I went through. I didn't. I played baseball, not basketball, and I found out real fast that uh, yeah, college basketball is way different than high school. But there was the the coach up there was uh, Herb's Herb Koningsmark, and he was absolutely hilarious. Oh my gosh, he he talked like this. He's like, oh my god, <laughs> and he would just oh, he was worth the price of admission, and and uh, he, he was awesome. Uh, Sounds like your accent from earlier. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I think that was Australian, <laughs> but no, that's kind of cool. You're you're up there for a couple of years. I didn't know that. So yeah, yeah, um, learned a lot, met a lot of lifelong friends that I still have today up there. So real thankful for the for the time I was there. And did uh, you have to walk the path? Oh yeah. Was that uh, oh, and it brutal in the winter time. I yeah. mean, yeah, I, it, it it that shows. There's a. Have you been up there, Ted? I, no, okay, I haven't. So so they have the dorms. The dorms are in one area, and then there's uh, two ponds, and it's probably it. I don't know if it's a half mile, but it's it feels it, like it forever. Feels, it feels like two miles, but anyway, you have to walk on this path to get to main campus, and so if you had a 740 or something in the middle of winter and you were going, I think you got you got passed just by showing up. Oh, it that's was, awesome! It was ridiculous, and Mason City had like the worst weather always. And it would just blow a, a, a thousand miles. That's an character hour. building right there. Right now, I'm going back to Nyack here. Just and I, hopefully there's a, I don't know um, what's that. What's that rule where um, time has passed too far, and you can't be called back on it? There's a certain name. Grandfathered? For it. No, it's not grandfathered, but something uh, where the time has passed, so you can't be caught on that crime anymore. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You guys are terrible, but um, <laughs> we I drove the path. No kidding. Yeah, we we drove the path. So God, <laughs> uh, look at you guys. Yeah, and then the, the cop was waiting for us at the other <laughs> down by the uh, by the dorms. So I, again, that was when I was really crazy, and I wasn't driving. So <laughs> was so, he lenient? You know what? He, he just went after the driver. All right. So I I got out and just ran as fast as I could. Yeah. You're not kidding, though. I mean, some of those mornings you wake up for a 740 class, and it was a business decision if you were going to walk across. Uh, the it was brutal. It was terrible. I, right. I, yeah. And we'd have 530 practices sometimes, too. <laughs> I mean, and that was hard enough getting up for that, but then having to walk across that pond. You yeah. were awake when you got across it for sure. Right. But, oh, right. my gosh. Oh, you have to do that, Tad. You'll have to, uh, next time you're in Mason City, give it a Have you been a... there recently and seen, like, the new... Um, stuff. It, it, I've driven by them and stuff like they're, that. They're spoiled it, now. Yeah, that looks pretty sweet yeah. now. That's yeah. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I'll make sure to get up and try that out sometime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, that's the thing is, you know, the students at you and I and all. Oh, I gotta walk so far. You know what? You it doesn't time matter. Out, you you never walk here, the path. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can have your paths or your trails no, or your no, little there's, stepping stones or whatever, but. You and I had the windiest campus in Iowa, okay? So I don't want to hear anything about this. No, you you talk to anybody that went to Nyack, and they will, nope. But the thing is, all Travis had to say was the path, and I knew exactly what he okay. was talking about and where he was going with that one. Dad, you know, you're going to lose it. Do you're you know gonna... how many ear infections you and I grads ended up with? <laughs> per, 
I'm just kidding. I, I didn't get any of those. All right. Uh, okay. Enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've we've kind of learned a little bit about how you got here at DNH, a little bit about your past. <laughs> um, uh, what's one thing that you've learned from uh, Coach Dahl? Gosh, um, no, there's been a lot. I mean, one thing I've always been thankful about Coach is he. I ask a lot of questions, and and he always answers them. It's never a uh, you know why is he asking me this kind of thing. He's very very generous with the answers he gives me. Um, one thing I would say kind of from a maybe a team management standpoint, I guess, is how kind of picks and chooses his battles, like, you know, especially in practice, like, you know, you're not going to probably have, you know, perfect execution on everything or get everything out of every drill that you want, but you're, you're going to waste a lot of time if you're nitpicking at all that stuff. So there's a lot of give and take that goes with it. So I think, honestly, just seeing some of the patience he has with some of the things that we do and kind of learning, okay, this is worth, you know, taking time out of practice to coach or, you know, maybe this isn't such a big deal so we can move on. So, um, you know, I think he's real efficient with how we go about practice and making sure we cover the big things that he wants to take care of. Um, And I think that's a big part of it by just him kind of prioritizing, you know, what's a big deal and what's not. Um, So I would say that, really. Yeah, and I – that's a good answer. And I, uh, and I've seen quite a few. I mean, we broadcast the games and stuff like that, so I kind of watch other things as well. I'm a coach as well, and uh, one thing that I I've noticed is you know with Bruce and and yourself is he takes your input. I mean, I I saw you last night at Osage, you know, drawing up a player, or whatever you were doing, but he was he was he was buying into what you were doing, and and so again, not all coaches are going to do that. You know, they. They're the head dog. They're going to make all the calls, and they're going to do, you know, it, it's their way, and that's it. Um, I, with Bruce, I haven't seen that. I mean, it looks it looks like it's. I mean, he wants information, you know, and and uh, that'd be a great person to uh, learn under. Yeah, and you know, I can't speak for him. Whether I mean, he he is very generous though, and he listens to what I have to say. And then and, and you know, Ashley and Amber as well. They add input and stuff, especially at like halftime meetings and stuff that we have you know those two are very vocal and give him good information as well so it's uh it's been a lot of fun I think you know as us four coaches I think we mesh pretty well together mm-hmm. um that's really important right and you know he's been you know we we joke with him all the time he always says I've been doing this 26 years and you know Ashley me and Amber combined probably have five <laughs> I mean right so right. for him to you know be so willing to kind of teach us and kind of drag us along with it's really Really been a neat experience, so uh, I, I think you know we're all enjoying it and uh, having a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, a little bit of success as well. <laughs> yeah, it helps. It certainly so, helps. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a fun watch. Uh, you know, the rest of the few weeks here and and the postseason play. So, uh, before we get on to this next question, I've I've got one here that I'm gonna toss out. Um, is there a player on your team that like talks the most trash to you? Like, if you were to go one on one. Because I've got a feeling it's Sophia Hoffman. Yeah, Sophie. Well, because I just, she is one. They all like to they like to sling it pretty good. Because um, Sophia, <laughs> if you're listening, I never lost to you once in junior high. Okay, and and I wow. think that trend would probably continue. I would There's probably a, that, wipe that is, the floor up a little bit with you. Sophie's one who <laughs> oh. she will like. Yeah, she'll call me out and say, "Let you know, let's play one on one or whatever." Um, Ellie Knox, one that kind of just like if we do individual workouts, like we'll do like a bag drill where basically I just guard her and we're playing one on one. I'm kind of hitting her with the bag, giving her a little bit of contact. And if she crosses me up or makes me 
you know, trip over myself a little bit. She'll kind of, she won't <laughs> always say something, cause she, but she kind of has that smirk like, right. I, I got you there. So, But they're all great. They're all super competitive. And, uh, I mean, I think that's what you've seen with this group this whole year is just uh, they've kind of got an edge about them, uh, you know, how they go about their business. And uh, I think uh, the results so far have been pretty good. Yep, yep, very cool. And Fun group of girls. And I did see that. This could be, again, knock on wood, and, and again, we're, I'm not part of the program, so there's no jinx or anything, but get the W tomorrow and, and first time. Yeah. Is that correct? First time. First and, time, uh, perfect season. Yeah. It's uh, it's got a lot of hard work from, from yep. these girls, especially after a weird summer, you know, not being able to Absolutely. go to team camps. Not Just right. didn't really know what we had um, just because we hadn't been able to do anything really other than a couple open gyms, and you take that with a grain of salt, I suppose. But, um, yeah, really happy and just you know, credit to the players and everything they put into it. Yep, very cool. Yeah, that says a lot about the team as a whole. All right, so uh, you have any future plans? What you got ahead of yourself? Um, you know, right now I currently work at AgVantage FS and Waverly. It's an ag retail company. Um, I guess to kind of summarize what I do, I kind of work in tech support a little bit, and uh, I guess to put it easy is uh, <laughs> do like special projects and stuff like that. Like if there's stuff that our uh, management team kind of identifies as, an area we'd like to try to do some stuff differently. They'll kind of get a plan together, and then they'll bring me in and say, okay, Matt, here's kind of what our vision is. Um, you know, let's try to piece this together. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what I do. Um, you know, my wife teaches here at the elementary, third grade, so um, she's really enjoying that. So, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I plan to stick in the area. Um, cool. We just had a little girl. She's five months today, so really enjoying that. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I – kind of taking it one year at a time i suppose sure. but just we, like you should be yep. right yep. i mean to be you know to grow up here and then end up back here has been really cool so uh just enjoying everything i guess yeah it's it's be kind of nice if you didn't go too far yeah <laughs> absolutely selfishly I mean, but yeah any future plans on the i guess coaching goes uh, is basketball your one sport or um so far um i feel like basketball is kind of where i maybe have the most knowledge um just feel like it comes natural to me. I've always kind of loved the game, just growing up playing. Um, you know, right when I got out of college, I came back and I uh, actually, it was Parker's group was the first yep. group when they were in junior high. Um, went to a few terms with them and then did some AAU stuff with them along the lines. Um, so have just kind of felt like that always comes natural to me. Um, and then obviously, yeah, now coaching with Bruce and, and the team has been great. But as far as head coach, I mean, if that opportunity ever comes up you know somewhere down the line hopefully you know sure not too soon because don't want to lose bruce at all or or whatever that is um but uh you know we'll see never say never i suppose that's very cool all right we'll go ahead and we'll wrap this uh interview up with you matt with the random question of the day your random question is what would be your weapon of choice in a zombie apocalypse so uh, it's bear down time. It's yeah, ti- it's no kidding. Put up or shut up. What 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 are you bringing to the table? Gosh, <laughs> I mean, I would I would want to probably have like a tank of some kind, but I don't just have one of those sitting in my garage. So that, I assume that does not qualify <laughs> as, well, as a good then. answer. I mean, you can start planning. I mean, I mean, you yeah, put a couple no bucks kidding. away every day, and and you know, you may get that tank. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like that. I I have no idea. I'm not very good when it comes to guns or weapons of that kind. So something that shoots fast and is accurate, yeah. I suppose. 
You know, I've been thinking about this, <laughs> and I'm a big Ninja Turtles fan, okay? I think I would definitely go with nunchucks. Have, have you seen How Good Michelangelo? Yeah, but that's Michelangelo. That's not Tad Brace. Yeah, but I think... You'd probably that, end up knocking yourself out. I feel like, well, it might be the best thing to do <laughs> in a zombie <laughs> that, apocalypse. That, that's true. I, uh, I feel like we do share some similar traits, the athleticism being one. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. I thought you were going to talk about <laughs> physical appearances, but... <laughs> oh, that baby. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know what I would use. All right. I, I, I've thought about this one as well. And uh, the weapon of choice, I think, is a machete. I think you want something. That thing's... It's long, okay? So they're not going to... They won't be able to bite you. You'll have some distance. You know it's razor sharp. It's supposed to... Machetes are supposed to cut down trees. So it'll take down a zombie. Uh, you don't have to worry about bullets. I mean, you're, you you know, don't have to worry it, about reloading. If, if That's it, good. If it's a zombie apocalypse, you're not going to go to Walmart and, uh, you know, go get, you know, some more ammo. So you've got to be self-sufficient. So uh, I think machete is the way to go. Yeah, and you got to have, like, a, a license to right? go in the Walmart again. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they probably bust you there at the door. But And I've also thought about this, and this was kind of with The Walking Dead when I was watching that, is why more people don't go in the water like on a boat or something can zombies not go in water i would think they just like float or just i don't know stop. i mean do they do they still have to breathe well they're dead so but but are they well, breathing they're walking now? dead i don't know about swimming dead that's a good point you know and if they're not i don't think they can swim i don't think they have the capability of swimming so if you would just and I, obviously you have to come to land at some point you know unless you just have this huge yacht or something but I always thought, why don't people go to the water more often? Like at The Walking Dead, they kept going to buildings, but they'll eventually get to you. Just just yeah. go to the water for like a week, and then, yeah. I'll keep that in mind if, if we ever get uh, right, to that point. Right, grab a machete and a, the I biggest boat you can shots. find. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. You know what? It's been a lot of fun getting to know you, uh, Matt, and thank you for stopping on tonight. And uh, you'll be able to listen in on your own interview, hopefully tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Mid-morning, afternoon. Yeah, and it'll be on there tomorrow. Yep. Good luck Thursday. the rest of the season. Oh, thanks I, a lot, Phil. We're rooting for you guys. Yep. Thanks, Phil. Yep, Appreciate yep. it. Good luck. Well, everybody, we've got one last guest for you tonight, Justin Stockdale, Superintendent Stockdale. How are you doing tonight? Hey, good. Save the best for last, right? It's exactly don't, what don't we're Don't answer that. Don't <laughs> well, actually, we had Crystal Lotz on earlier, and she's the big, big boss. So, uh, True. Right. She said the best was first. Yeah. So uh, We're going to go with that. <laughs> right. and, then, and then something about a two-hour delay because of the, the temperatures. She said she knew somebody. Yeah, she was... Yeah. Yeah, you may want to check your phone <laughs> later on tonight. There's a lot of people in our communities that know somebody <laughs> when it comes to that. <laughs> that is true. Uh, all right, uh, Mr. Stockdale, uh, you got a few things you're going to talk about tonight, but can you start off with the vaccine update? Yeah, just really excited that uh, things have worked out for, for our staff to uh, see. I think it's going to be around 135 to 140 team members um, get that first round on Friday. Um you know, a note to everybody, we're going to have an early dismissal Friday, you know, in exchange of what was going to be today. But, no, that, that's exciting. That's been a great partnership with between our uh, county health officials and 
our partners there in those offices, um, Katie Lang over there at uh, Grundy County and and uh, Jennifer Becker over in Butler have kind of been our leads throughout all this. They've been just invaluable to our success. And, of course, Shannon Peverell, our school nurse, has helped to coordinate all this and is really steering the ship on it. And then Val and Brent Bovey, Brian Beck Pharmacy, are, are, will actually be distributing this, um, the vaccine. And uh, they've just been champions throughout our county, uh, really, and uh, throughout several different school districts in trying to get this in the hands of uh, those that are you know, fall between or fall within 1B um, and stuff. And then we're targeting uh, March 12th as that second um, date that we'll need to need to uh, see through. That falls on the Friday of, state, of boys' state basketball. You know, we'll just have to see how things play out. Sure. Um, we all know that, you know, a lot has to happen for us to have to, to even worry about that. But, uh, you know, yet to come, I think one of the biggest things I'm worried about is um, just assuring that we have the second dose of vaccine, for, uh, you know, ready and I trust, you know, Brent assures me that, hey, we'll be good to go. And, But, uh, yeah, it's been, an all, as with all of this COVID stuff, it's been an all-around team effort here at DNH. And I'm just, uh, you know, we've had a good three weeks here, uh, knock on wood. Right. Um, you know, uh, I don't think we've had a positive, maybe one positive case in the last 15 days or so, which is a really good run. I still believe our, our prevention and mitigation strategies are, are, are playing out here. Um, Some I'd want our listeners to really to really dial in on is we've had our COVID absences, but outside of that, um, we haven't had a lot of kids gone. And right. I, th- I think, I, you know, I don't, I don't like these masks any more than anybody else, but that being the leading probably prevention and mitigation strategy, the most talked about, I'll just say that. Right. <laughs> um, Not always popular, but the most uh, yes. important, I think. Right. At, at times. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. Um, but, you know, I can't wait to see that go by the wayside and get to see people's faces again. And But uh, when you think about the the absences in, in just in their own right. Uh, I'm really, I'm really proud of that. I think things have really played out like we thought. And, um, you know, we're starting to just slowly wean off some things like we're not spraying down our, our bus seats anymore mm-hmm. after every trip. Um, we're slowly but surely trying to get some visitors back in some people that can present in classrooms. Uh, Sid Hayes, you know, the world renowned pickleball player That's right. from the, uh, Dighton Hartford area. Um, really anything to do with a, a paddle and a ball. The guy is like a phenom and like destroys me and he's yeah. double yes. or triple my age. Yep. Sorry, Sid, but that, um, I mean, <laughs> the dude's good, but he comes in spends time and plays with our kids and teaches them these, what I would call lifelong, um, games that you can play really at any age and stuff. So right. trying to do some things there and, um, yeah, we'll just see what the next few months bring and, some people have asked me, the question is, well, do you think we'll be able to do away with these masks before the end of the year? Boy, my best hope would be yes. I think reality tells me that um, these are probably something that's one of the prevention strategies we'll probably hang on to for quite some time. But we do give it due consideration each month at the board meeting. Right. The board weighs in on, on their thoughts, and they're great about talking through pros and cons. And we'll do that again next Wednesday night or next meeting. And and see where all that lands. So just appreciate everybody's support and cooperation with us. It's, it's been a long haul. We're all growing tired, COVID fatigue, I call it. Right. But everybody's hanging in there, so we appreciate that. And going with the whole COVID thing, your best approximation, how many people do you think that you've interacted with under the whole COVID umbrella? Because you talked about, you know, Pet, uh, Shannon and, and Bovies and all these other people. What, what would be just a, a rough number of the people that you've had to interact with because of this whole COVID issue? Oof. Um, 
so so set this up. Are we talking people I've never met before, or yeah, so like like, l- like anybody, total. yeah, anybody oh, that you've geez. had. To, I mean, is it is it the thousands? I, I I'm not I'm not shortchanging that. Like if you take the fact we got about 875 kids, you know, um, consider you take that conceivably if you went by times two, that's 1,800 parents, right? Cons- you know, give or take, um, and then all the school officials that we've touched base with right. the the meetings that virtually now has connected us where before you might be a group of 10 well now you're a group of 50 because they're statewide they're regionally based um yeah i i have no doubt that it's probably in that range and it's really it's that's a really good question when i think back to you know we're coming up on one year right it right. was right that's... around st patty's day i think was, yes remember that monday and now think back to this I remember that Sunday getting word that the governor may shut us down, okay? And I was at home eating dinner, and I got my bag, and Maureen goes, you're going back? Because I had been here most of the day stewing about this. I said, I'm going back. I got. I just got a hunch. Sure enough, she announces it that night, and I'm sitting in the, in the boardroom in my office, and I'm, like, frozen. I didn't know what to do. Right. So um, I remember calling Nathan Martin and Jessup. He was my mentor when I started out. And uh, we talk. He he didn't really know what he was going to do, <laughs> right. and we're all all these superintendents are. are you know, we've never been faced with this before. Right. So uh, I called Krista, and uh, I said, I I don't I don't really know what direction to go here. And we had a good talk, and uh, where we landed was uh, with her support was out. Uh, and at the time, this was like a big decision. Like think about this. We're going to go to school on Monday. <laughs> All these other no, schools you're were right. calling well, that it was off. A right. big it was spring break okay. for some, so they oh, yeah. you know, got, got a free pass. And, yep. oh, and yeah. so I'm, I'm in the aisle. It was 8, 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night. So now how do you get this word out? Right. Because you're seeing all these schools going down. You know who's, who's in your conference, your, your neighbors. We're not having school. Well, we're going. Right. Oh, boy. Right. And then it was <laughs> – but, you know <laughs> – think about that day and you guys I mean, you guys were living it mm-hmm. it set us up for success for the long haul in the spring because you're able to send kids home with their right I, mean, I distinctly remember having this conversation with some of our principals saying prepare as though we're not coming back and at the time we were all like is this really going to happen right like are you serious sure enough it did but that day gave us a springboard into the next few weeks you know with our instruction and then Jeepers, what you guys had to go through with virtual instruction and trying to, you know, first, remember that? We were just going to be closed for two weeks. Right. And then it was just to the end Some of Some adjustments were made. Right, right. And then it was going to be just to the end of March. And then we get into April and the finality of we, like, yeah. track and field. I mean, you know, geez, what a painstaking decision to hear about that. And my son's a golfer. Well, you're not right. golfing. Right. Um, then, then we're on to no school. And I'm like, and here's the funny part. People ask me, well, what did you do? I have never been busier in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It was the communication around this was um, something that you you can't plan for. And um, I don't know. I just think I'm talking a lot about this, but really, you don't take time to reflect because this has been like such a flurry. But I think we're all going to be better for it when it's when it's done. That that day that you're speaking of, that Monday when we went back, my personal feelings at first, I was like, oh, you know, is this the right thing to do? Because everybody's in the same boat. You just don't know. Right. But looking back, I was like, I'm glad that the kids were 
able to get their computer chargers. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, really, for virtual right. and able to get their laptops and any any books or notes that they had or wanted to take. It was nice. I told my students at that point in time, take as many of my free reading books as you want, and we'll figure out the rest later. Yeah. And that that was nice because I did have some kids that were reading along yeah. the way. You guys did a great job with that. But, geez, when you really <laughs> – I'm sure we'll have more of these moments once things have really settled down and stuff where we just kick back and just really process right. what happened. And honestly, when I think of a team, uh, I think we've grown together as a collective group in our system just because of what we've had to endure, persevere around, plan for. Uh, and quite frankly, you know, I think the numbers 53 and 51, 53 kids, sorry, yep. 53 staff tested positive and 51 kids. And the fact that um, we had a collective kind of a movement forward with face-to-face learning. Nobody batted an eye, despite the concerns and, and all that. The group here was full steam ahead. And I knew of people, some of my colleagues who were, and rightfully so, people were worried that pre-existing conditions and they're, they're having to work around, right. what are you going to do for me with accommodations? And we just, you know, the folks here at DNH just rallied and uh, gosh, we're almost to, to March now and, and look, look, how far we come. I mean, right, keepers. right. I, I would have said, you know, at the beginning of the school year, I, I would say uh, three weeks and we're done. I mean, we nobody's, no, nobody's ever been together this long and this many people. I, and I was like, no shot. <laughs> and then we just kept plugging away and just kept going and going and going. It's like, okay. I, I told my wife, like, rolling. one month. It's, we're going to be done in less than a month. I'm like, this is just crazy. I don't even know. No, but it's awesome <laughs> for the kids, though, that they were we were able to do this for, you know, I was surprised how much I needed it, yeah. you know, as as a teacher, how, to see the kids and yeah. to be able to interact with them face to face. You know, Zooms are great for what they're meant for, right? But being able to be in the proximity of the kids that was that was important. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would agree. I would agree. So, all right, Mr. Stockdale, uh, anything else here going on at uh, DNH? Yeah, it's just been. Gosh, you know, this time of year is so crazy busy. Uh, I got to sit in on academic decathlon judging the other day, and I purposefully did that because uh, I'm always looking for ways to um, just grow myself. And I, I really didn't know a lot about ac- academic decathlon, and so I signed up to be a judge, and I was on, in on the interview portion of, of the contest and um, with, a, with another judge who uh, is actually a teacher over at Timothy Christian and out there by Wellsburg. And, and uh, I was really impressed with the kids that I got to talk to, um, I think we had some kids finish and in, in, in advance to the state competition, which is a, a feather in their cap. So, so uh, Jane Eilers was, was one actually that I got to interview, <laughs> and uh, I might be biased, but I think she was the best one. I just I don't know, uh, just rocked it. So just a hats off to that those kids that are uh, participating in that. And I think Jane right now is weighing. Uh oh, if we make it to the state tournament, academic decathlons that same week. Oh boy, Ooh, boy, how's this going to go? But. Um, I told I told you know the group today our district leadership team we will work any way we can to make that happen right. for her if we can transport her somewhere and you know get her, make sure she can be at both places so that's one thing uh, gosh uh, state speech regional and state speech has been going on we had some kids qualify for state and we had a couple groups come home with ones and it's really a feather in a group's cap if you can get straight ones and I think we had one group yep. one or two groups accomplish that but nonetheless those kids that advanced to that that's um, boy what they were faced with in terms of performance this year was different too i mean one judge you're all in the same room all the, the entire time or yeah. you know the same judges 
once you get to state and that, that was unique and they persevered through that and um you know their their coach director she um bertram and carter sherwood did a bang up job just navigating all this stuff that we all do <laughs> on a daily basis right, you right. know so huge thanks to them and congrats to the kids and gosh last weekend a wrestling team probably probably wrestled the best they've wrestled all year and what a testament to you want to talk about a group that's had to persevere i mean we've had to shut down temporarily several times for and 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 i'll just say all for the sake of doing the right thing right and we're proud of that that we've 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 hung on to that and then for them to come out gosh dylan ort you know fighting his team i was proud of him what a what a win i mean just a you know the story behind this so people may not know is so Dylan was a close contact to coach when, when, when one of our coaches was. So Dylan had to sit an extra couple days um, beyond when the team could come back. So I'm, I know that he's at win number 99. You want to talk about a little pressure as a <laughs> superintendent. When I went in, I pulled him out after talking to the team, and Coach Norton handled that like a champ. You know, he always does. And um, I pulled Dylan out and had to deliver the news. He was going to have to sit a few more days. And I got done talking to him, and he reached out his hand and shook my hand. And I was like, I, that was not the response I was looking for because I, I was devastated having right. to share. And then all I could think was, what if he doesn't get to 100? I mean, what happens? He gets hurt, injury. And he shook my hand. He goes, thank you, Mr. Stockdale. He said, you know what? I, I thought I was done. They really thought we came in to tell them their season was over. Wow. And what we were telling them was we're going to pause from Thursday th- to Monday and then give you a couple days to get ready for sectionals, and off we go. So um, – I think that speaks to him. It speaks to his upbringing, his parents, Matt and Sarah, great, um, you know, sister, home Shelby, just a great family. Uh, gosh, and then how many times can we say, or will we be able to say that both of our basketball teams are conference champs? Right. Yeah, that was, I, that's awesome yeah. as well. I, I just, I got this, as most people call it, my grin going right now, because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that didn't, didn't give us a chance. Like our girls entered the season – and I even remember thinking when they went to Denver, we were rated 14th at the time, and I think they were fifth or sixth. Yeah, they were top ten for sure. And I thought, well, how's this going to go? Went pretty well. <laughs> well, shoot. Then all of a sudden, they're they're clicking along. Well, then boys are clicking along too. And same type of deal. We we lost some right. key figures last year off our team. Kids step up. Well, how are they going to gel? Well, geez, here we go. Then we had a little. You know, Dane gets hurt. Geez. What a, felt bad for him oh, as well. Man, Just what a senior, and that's his that sport. Situ- yeah. Well, then you think, at that time, well, if we get through this, and right, well, maybe take a couple couple losses, but win the title. Like, <laughs> right. I, seriously, and I, I'm just uh, the kids, the coaches, both squads on that. And I know you had Matt on before, but um, I just feel like we we do things the right way. Um, you know, I think our culture's coming around in a few areas that I've I've talked about before that I just start to see I see little gains there uh, and wins. And then this morning, like you get here, I just I'm an early bird. You guys know that. Get here and I go in the weight room, and the place is packed at six fifteen, and the kids are rooting each other on. They're clapping. And I just I had to pump out a video. I think it was Nathan Graves had 315 pounds on the bar. I was screaming preparation age for myself <laughs> as I watched him do it. But I just think, you know, that's just something that I would hope that our families, the alumni out there listening to this, you know, that's what makes us unique. And that's what breeds our success uh, is that weight room and uh, just the commitment. 
Nobody's afraid to get up. Nobody's afraid to stay late. No task is too big, too small for anybody. That's what, that's what makes us. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and you, speaking of the weight room in the summer, I mean, those kids are up very, very early. You've got like four different sections of weightlifting, and the coaches do a great job in there leading that. So. Yeah, I agree. I think today we had three or four – I think we had four coaches representing three different sports um, in there, you know, and it, it wasn't – I think it was cross-country – I think we had wrestling, we had some football, a couple for football, um, you know, and then a combination of athletes and also kids that aren't in season. They're just there getting their, right, you know, pre-program, preseason workouts in. So, yeah, it's a great time to be a Wolverine as always. I, I don't betcha. know. It's a, it's a good time. I hope we can keep the keep this train rolling. You know, <laughs> you got that right. We're here on postseason, uh, getting ready. Got finals uh, coming up here, and then uh, postseason will start next week for. For basketball, anyway, wrestling was heading down to the district trail. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right, we'll finish this up here, uh, Mr. Stockdale, with our random question of the day. And your random question is: <laughs> Is pineapple a pizza topping? First of all, do you know how nervous I get about this last question? This is a controversial. Not nah, no, this is if, not really. No way. Not from my Pine, point of view. Pine, but I'm saying, nah, yeah. Well, pineapple is not. A pizza Thank topping. You. It is not. Tad, you're saying no? Oh, I hate I know people put pineapple on. I just want to slap them. No, well, I'm just going to say, I know <laughs> I know Kevin Hammond's going to be upset, a co-owner of Slice, because they got the Hammond Hawaiian down at Slice, <laughs> named after him. <laughs> and seriously, I wanted to say, Kevin's a friend, so I can say, Kevin, what are you doing? Right. Like, I, yeah. No, I can't. I just can't do it. And I love, I love ham and Canadian bacon on my pizza. I just can't. I can't do fruit. Yeah, I mean, I, you want to do that? Go buy a fruit pizza from right. Hy-Vee or something. I don't, I can't. I'm not a pineapple. I love pineapple. Absolutely love it, but not on my pizza. I, yeah. th- that just doesn't to me. It doesn't make any sense. And no. Yeah, I, the worst is when you go to someone's house and they're like, "Oh, we're, we'll just order some pizza," and they order pineapple <laughs> Canadian bacon. Right. Like, what right. are you doing, dude? Right. I'm just gonna leave. Right. I, I'm not. I'm not worried about calories tonight. I'm eating pizza. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to offset that with three pieces of pineapple. Well, you know, I don't that, really that, worry that, about that, calories that often, anyway. <laughs> but you know, it kind of shows. But <laughs> well, yeah, I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Justin, thank you for stopping in tonight. Uh, it's it's always great to hear about everything going on uh, at DNH, and that the conversation about COVID was, I think, useful for everybody and helpful for everyone to understand what kind of goes into that. So you bet. All right. Well, we appreciate it. All right. Yep. Roll blue. Yep. Thank you. All right, everybody, before we wrap up today, I want to go ahead and give our first pitch. If you remember last week, we talked about the first pitch and how it's an honor. I want to give our first pitch uh, to Krista Lotz. First of all, Krista, I know, is a little nervous coming on the podcast beforehand, but I don't think people understand just how much um, she does support the staff and she does support support staff here at Dyke New Hartford. And on top of that, her whole career is dedicated to helping people. She is, uh, like she like she mentioned, she helps. She's in the career of helping people with special needs, a physical therapist. She just does a lot um, that I think people don't understand, and I, that's that's something that we look for in our first pitch. No, nope, very well said, uh, Tad, and and 
again, I agree 100%. Uh, she's giving up a lot of her time, and, and as she mentioned, she's got six kids and 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 still has time to, you know, it, this, this isn't a, being a board member isn't just show up on, on one Wednesday and, and, you know, they just, I mean, there's some thought, and she's got to do some homework on that end, too, so. And they're tough decisions to make. I don't think people. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. We didn't even get into that with her as far as, you know, right. what, what what's the toughest decision you had to make, or, you know, I'm sure people are always, you know, emailing her or talking to her about, you know, something with the school re- related, so. She does a great job. She keeps it professional, yep, and, and that's, what, that's one of the things we appreciate about her. Yep, yep, great job. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add? Nope. No. Nope, Travis. No. Nope. I thought we had a great guest, and and hopefully we can bring another great episode to you next week. Yeah, we've got we've got some good interviews set up for next week as well. So I'm excited. Wolverine Nation. That does it for us here at Loose Change. Tune in next time, and uh, as Travis would say, don't do your best, do his. Absolutely. Absolutely.